0: Hi, I'm Beth, and I'm Jimmy, and we're the Talk to the Hand podcast.
1: Hello, Beth.
0: Hello, Jimmy.
1: Are
0: you well? I'm good. I'm good. Really excited for this episode. I
1: You've been waiting for this one, haven't you? Yeah. So when we did the last episode, very concerned, that we had two names that we were going to choose from. Both were recommended by Karen from Southend. And I didn't have a choice in which one I took on, did I?
0: No, you didn't. Not at all.
1: Because you were so desperately keen to get your grubby little mitts over this way. Yeah,
0: I was. Do you
1: want to share with the listeners?
0: I will. I will. So a favourite of mine, Miss Kylie Minogue.
1: An absolute legend of pop. Really looking forward to hearing the story of Kylie Minogue. Yes,
0: I'm going to enjoy telling you.
1: Let's rewind to the 90s.
0: Minogue was born on the 28th of May 1968 in Melbourne Australia her father Ronald was an accountant and her mother Carol Anne was a former ballet dancer Kylie was the first of three children and would be followed by brother Brendan and her sister Danny Danny yeah I was gonna say to me
1: I love Danny I think Danny might have actually been my first crush really yeah I think so certainly the the first crush that I would have been yeah. consciously aware of what I was crushing on yeah
0: yeah
1: Oh, uh, absolutely Danny Minogue was gorgeous
0: and Although they moved around quite a lot, and Kylie found it difficult to make friends. She was the happiest at home, indulging in our hobbies. She would read, sew, and learn to play musical instruments such as the violin and piano. Both Kylie and Danny were taken for singing and dancing lessons. When Kylie was 10, she accompanied Danny to a reading for the soap opera The Sullivans. Danny was deemed to be too young at the time, but they did like what they saw in Kylie and offered her a small role in the show. This was followed by another small role, this time in another soap called Skyways. At the age of 15, Kylie was given one of the lead roles in the show called The Henderson Kids. The role required Kylie to take time off school, something that her mother didn't feel at all comfortable with. Kylie was a sensitive girl. She was known to cry on set when producers would shout when she forgot her lines. One of her co-stars labeled her as fragile.
1: Her character was written out of the show. So she's a 15-year-old girl who's crying because they're shouting at her. And then one of her co-stars calls her fragile. That's unbelievable. It sounds cruel. And then her character was written out of the show. Wow.
0: I loved the bit about Kylie and her hobbies. When I read that sewing. And like you can just imagine her playing around age 10, you know, and doing her sewing and her reading.
1: Well, we have a daughter. And I think the hobbies that Kylie indulged in, would certainly be hobbies that we'd be quite happy with. Mm. Kids mm. of that age can do so much worse. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. So at the time, Danny was beginning to forge her own part and was regularly featuring on weekly music show Young Talent Time. Kylie made a demo tape to send to the producers and was invited in in 1985. However, it did not lead to her becoming a regular member of the cast.
1: Ooh, I wonder if there was some sibling rivalry there.
0: Could be. It was in 1986 when Kylie got her big break, the break that would set her up for the superstardom that would wait for her. Jimmy, can you guess what this might have been? I think I might have
1: a fair guess. Would it be Charlene?
0: Ah, it was Charlene. All with her little dungarees.
1: And she, of course, had that massive on-screen romance with Jason Donovan's character. I
0: can't believe you paused there. (laughs) What was Jason (laughs) Donovan's character called? Oh, my gosh.
1: They did a song. (laughs) No.
0: Are you serious? No, they got
1: married. They got married on the show.
0: Yes, they got married. What was his name? Jason Donovan. Mr. I'm Shirey. really sorry about... Mr. <laughs> Scott Robinson. Yes.
1: See? I was testing. Oh well done. You passed.
0: Do you know how many listeners will be shouting down, saying, Jimmy, I can't believe you did that. They'll be sighing at you. You've let yourself down there, Jimmy. No, I feel
1: very disappointed with myself. I apologise.
0: <laughs> but you were right when you got married. Um... That episode in 1987 was watched by over 20 million viewers.
1: My goodness. Yeah. 20 million viewers, that's huge. Yeah, huge.
0: But one episode, one episode. But I do
1: remember it. I even remember, I might not remember.
0: His name. Uh, what <laughs> was Bennett. his name again? Scott Robinson. Scott Robinson.
1: I might not remember Jason Donovan's character, Scott Robinson's name, but I remember the song that they were, or the song that was around at the time. Yeah. To do with I don't know if it was. Part of the wedding or what? Or what? As actually walking down the aisle. But right? I remember the video to that song I had think. all of the wedding stuff yes. in it. Yeah. Do you remember who sang that song?
0: No.
1: Oh, our <laughs> listeners will be so <laughs> disappointed with you, Beth. <laughs> I bet there's more listeners that
0: would know the character. Do you remember the name of the, the song? song? Yes, I remember that. Suddenly.
1: Yes, yes. Do you remember the person who sang it yet? Yeah? No. 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 It was no. Angry Anderson.
0: There you go. I'll let you have that one. Right. You, so obviously, twenty million views for that episode. So both Jason Donovan and Kylie Minogue's profiles have raised. Oh, absolutely. Even more. Okay.
1: And Neighbours was huge here at that time. Oh. Everyone kind of getting home from school would watch it, or even better, because didn't they used to show one around lunchtime and the same episode?
0: Yeah.
1: Later so on, so you could evening? watch it
0: twice in the same day if you were off sick from school.
1: Yes, which definitely wouldn't have been a waste of time.
0: <laughs> no. Never did that. (laughs) Never watched it twice in the same day. Going back to Kylie Minogue, you're distracting me to it. So while she's obviously in Neighbours and enjoying her um, character of Charlie Ramsey, the Fitzroy Football Club is an Australian rules football club and they'd arranged a benefit concert. Kylie sang a couple of songs, uh, one of which was the cover of Locomotion.
1: Do you know, I cannot think about that song without remembering what happens when we were just on holiday. Oh
0: my gosh, that is the funniest thing, yes (laughs) Jimmy.
1: So we were on holiday about a month ago in Greece and we were standing outside the hotel one evening with our children and Locomotion came on, and there was a lady there who had partaken in some of the benefits of an all-inclusive holiday. Yes, she had. She became very friendly with you very quickly, didn't she, Beth?
0: Well, we, we seemed to have something in common, because obviously a love of the Locomotion song. So she danced, and she then came up to me dancing, so then the two of us were dancing. And
1: that's the fantastic thing, because you were stone cold sober, and so yet good. you danced yeah. just as much as she did yeah. to that song. <laughs>
0: And <laughs> the funniest thing was, coming up the hill towards her, she asked me, are they my children coming up? <laughs> and I said, I don't know you. I don't know your children. <laughs> she was that drunk. She didn't know it was her children coming up to see if she was all right.
1: That well, so Kylie sung Locomotion <laughs> for the Benedict concert.
0: And there, its producer, Greg Patrick, heard the song and made arrangements for Kylie to record a demo of it. And this demo was passed on to the head of Mushroom Records, while they weren't blown away by the song or the voice they were aware of Kylie's popularity from Neighbours and in 1987 they signed her to a label. So the wedding episode and obviously the love of Scott and Charlene and Neighbours and that wedding episode propelled her to then the music career. I bet at that time they had
1: absolutely no idea how big this was going to become.
0: No. And neither did Kylie. You,
1: I guess when you're starting off you don't imagine that you're going to be a global sensation.
0: And you take the opportunities as they come. We all we already you know Danny and her Were having singing lessons She played musical instruments So she's quite musical But she's doing the acting as well So she's probably thinking to herself "Well, oh, here's an opportunity to do both mm. Let's give it a try See which, which one I prefer In a masterstroke of marketing strategy They released the song in Australia Just one week after the episode of Neighbours featuring the wedding The single became a huge success And brought her the attention of the infamous trio of British producers Stock Aiken and Waterman.
1: Yeah, I think everybody who was around in the late eighties, early nineties would know Stock in and Waterman.
0: Or well, at least know their songs
1: mm. and well,
0: recognise their ting.
1: Just, you could pick out ninety percent <laughs> of whatever was in the charts there and assume it yeah. was yeah. their song. Of course yeah. they had Rick Astley who's they
0: did, yeah. become a bit
1: of a sensation again.
0: Mm. Yeah. So despite um, arranging for her to come, this is funny, this bit to I mean, despite arranging for her to come over to their London studio, such was their hectic sh- schedule at the time. They forgot she was coming. Okay, some Stock Aitken and Mortimer forgot that Kylie was coming over. As she sat and waited for them outside the studio, they quickly knocked up a song for her. What was that song? No idea. I should be so lucky. And it was written and recorded within 40 minutes. So as Kylie's flown over from Australia to meet with them, they've knocked up the I should be so lucky song.
1: And that song went on to be quite successful. So in many ways, you'd say fair play to them for writing that in, what was it? 20 mi- 40 40 minutes, 40 minutes. For writing that in 40 minutes. That sounds like quite an achievement. Or maybe the
0: song's not that great.
1: <laughs> maybe the way Kylie delivered it made the song.
0: Yes. <laughs> Kylie was a little offended about the way she'd been treated and had reservations about working with them again. However, she did give it another go alongside completing her final appearances in Neighbours. The trio worked with Kylie on all tracks on what would be her first album. As part of the work they did, they re-recorded the version of *Locomotion*, which had seen such success in Australia. Pete Waterman claimed that the original Kylie version was poorly recorded, but with the song set to be used in a film that year, it was claimed that the decision was more to do with where the anticipated royalties would go.
1: Ooh, that sounds very devious. Mm,
0: It does, doesn't it? After its 1988 release, the album that they had worked on, imaginatively called Kylie, topped the album chart and became the best-selling 80s album for a female artist. It had success across the world and catapulted Kylie into becoming a superstar. Along with the locomotion, it also included hits such as Je ne sais pas, pourquoi and Got to be Certain.
1: I think that's how I learned to speak French. Really? Je ne sais pas, pourquoi.
0: pourquoi. Because
1: pourquoi is why and je ne sais pas, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. There you go. That was my first album. You just remember childhood, listening to it, and then obviously Jason's as well. You can see, you know, my musical tastes have changed, I think it is. (laughs) But But it started well.
1: but, But to be fair, Kylie Kylie's changed as well.
0: She has. Then came the iconic duet between Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan, especially for you. Released in 1988, the song was a pivotal moment in the careers of both artists. It came at a time when their real-life romance was in full bloom, adding an extra layer of authenticity to their on-screen chemistry. The song, penned by the hitman, hitmaker, Mike... The hitman?
1: The hitman? <laughs> Mike Stock from Stock a Waterman, is now a hitman. <laughs> You'd think he'd be making enough money out of music without having to resort to assassinations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kylie had initial reservations about... In the song with Jason, fearing that it might be perceived as capitalising on their real life relationship.
1: It was a bit, though, wasn't it? Mm,
0: yeah, you but can see that, that's but not, not their clear. fault. No, that's not their fault. It's yeah. not a
1: reason they shouldn't have done it. But
0: no.
1: whether, yeah. whether it's her doing or not, it was yeah. capitalising on the fact that they did have a relationship.
0: Mm. Eventually, they agreed, and the result was a timeless ballad that became an instant classic. It reached the number one spot on the UK singles charts and remained there for several weeks. The song's chart-topping performance solidified Kylie Minogue's status as a pop sensation and helped launch Jason Donovan's music career.
1: Mm, and I have to say, I, I just want to say, I've been feeling that way too.
0: Released in October
1: 1989.
0: Moving on. <laughs> Released in October 1989, Enjoy Yourself, was Kylie's second studio album, again produced by Stock Aitken Walterman. Some of the notable tracks on the album include Hand On Your Heart, Wouldn't Change A Thing, and Tears On My Pillow. It was a smash hit in the UK and Australia, but didn't follow up her previous success in the States. This led to her American label dropping her. It was also in 1989 when Kylie began a relationship with Michael Hutchins from the band In Excess, and she took a brief foray back to acting as she starred in her first movie, The Delinquents. By this stage of her career, Kylie was becoming a little frustrated by the control Stock, Aitken and Waterman were having on her musical output. She put pressure on them, her manager, and her label for her to take some of that control into her own hands. Growing weary of the bubblegum pop she'd produced up until this point, she wanted a more mature sound, and she was able to get the power to reject mixes of songs that she didn't like. She didn't have full ownership, but she was now starting to be able to influence the music she was releasing. And I think this is a, a testament to the time, and obviously we've heard it with other people we've done podcasts with, Just a maturity, and she's thinking, no, I don't want to do this. I want to do this, and knowing sort of what she could get away with.
1: I think if she didn't take a stand to adapt the type of music she was releasing, she would never have had the longevity of career that she's gone on to have. Because, of course, later in her career, she does actually go back to pop, but without the diversion into disco and other genres of music, there's no way she would have been still going in the 2020s. No, it's
0: true. The first manifestation of this change was her third album, Rhythm of Love. It was released in late 1990 and contained the singles Better the Devil You Know, Step Back in Time, and Shocked. Rather than the innocent girl next door look, she was now more sexual. The album did well but didn't reach the heights of her earlier efforts. This pattern was repeated when she was released when she released her fourth album, Let's Get to It, in 1991. In later years, she reflected her belief that stock ache and Alderman were part of the problem.
1: Is that because of their hitman (laughs) sideline?
0: I think it was a case of her moving on in one direction, then wanting to stay with what they were doing and what was working. And then the album reached a point in the middle that didn't quite work. Next came a Greatest Hits album in 92. And although the album was relatively successful, her label considered against renewing her contract as they felt she was moving in a direction that was not going to be successful, so they parted ways.
1: Ha ha ha, more fool then.
0: Exactly. The following year, Kylie signed a new record deal, this time with British label Deconstruction Records. The first album of this deal, which was Kylie's fifth album, saw a departure from the stock Aitken and Waterman. She worked with dance producers the Brothers in Rhythm and the um, album contained tracks such as Confide in Me, Put Yourself in My Place and Where is the Feeling? And I think if you're a Kylie fan, you can see the difference in those songs oh, compared to, to the others.
1: Well, it was a more mature sound and as, as you said earlier. Originally, when she started off, it was this bouncy bubblegum pop with the girl next door singing yeah. it. And she was clearly moving beyond that in terms of her persona. Mm. Even aesthetically, she was moving beyond that. She wasn't wearing the same type of clothes she was wearing yeah. originally. So you can definitely see that development of maturity in the music, mm. And the fact that it wasn't as commercially successful, maybe it was moving to a different audience.
0: Mm. Kylie then became Lieutenant Cammy White after bagging a role in the movie Street Fighter. The film did okay, but there were some negative reviews on Kylie. She did, however, have a brief affair with co-star jean claude Van Damme while shooting the film in Thailand. Oh, right. I yeah, wasn't aware I of that. Yeah, To be fair, I didn't know that. Kylie had another reinvention in 95 when she worked with Nick Cave on the song Where the Wild Wild Roses Grow. The video was quite memorable. Do you remember it?
1: I do. I do. Showing
0: Kylie as a murder victim floating in a pond.
1: I do. This was probably the biggest departure from the original yeah. Highly sounds that I can remember. Yeah, I didn't really like the song.
0: No, it was a bit weird. Well, like you said, it's come away from Poppy. I I wasn't a big fan of it. Not my sort of
1: thing. And she's a murder victim in the pond. Keeping it light. Keeping it light here on talk to the hand.
0: (laughs) Ninety-seven was a new year and another new relationship. This time with photographer Stefan Signar and a new album, Impossible Princess. This album marked a significant departure from her previous work and showcased a more experimental side of the artist. The album incorporated elements of electronic rock and dance music, showcasing a more daring and experimental music direction. Songs like Some Kind of Bliss and Breathe highlighted Kylie's willingness to explore new musical territories and lyrical themes. The album received mixed reviews from critics, with some applauding Kylie's artistic evolution and others finding it challenging to connect with the new direction. Commercially, Impossible Princess reached number 10 on the UK charts, but it didn't achieve the same level of success as some of her earlier albums. It was actually renamed Kylie Minogue following the death of Diana, Princess of Wales. How awful would that have been? Because it's the same year, so she changed the title. Because it was Impossible
1: Princess. I think it's so interesting because that's the second time recently the death of Princess Diana has come up in in a musical conversation where if you remember Errol from China Black and if anyone wants to go back and listen to that episode episode nine go back and listen to it and errol told us about what both meeting lady diana but also wanting to change the release date of a particular song because it was too upbeat during a very somber moment for their for the nation so interesting that this has come up again around the same time and unlike the china black situation on this occasion the label did support the change
0: Kylie signed with another record label, Parlophone, in 99. The vision was to turn back the clock and revisit the pop sound that had launched her music career. But it was on her terms now. Mm. I think she tried it a bit like you were saying, that you have to try these things to know if they work. So she tried a bit, and then she's coming back a bit more now to the pop.
1: But I guess by this stage, there's a bit of a hunger for more pop albums from Kylie, because mm. she made that departure those years beforehand. Yes. Yeah. Almost like she was coming home yeah. So commercially and from a marketing perspective It was probably quite a smart move from Kylie Where she probably out the labels and the executives mm-hmm. With so much more experience mm-hmm. than she would have had at that time
0: Yes Her seventh studio album, Light Years, was released in September 2000 NME magazine called it fun, perfectly formed record And which saw Minogue dropping her considerable concern For cool and bouncing back to her disco pop boots it was a commercial success, becoming Minogue's first number one album in her native Australia. The lead single, spinning around, debuted atop the UK charts in July, making her the second artist to have a number one single in three consecutive decades. I like that. After American singer songwriter Madonna, its accompanying video featured Minogue in a revealing gold hot pants, which came to be regarded as a trademark. Three more singles on a night like this, Kids with Robbie Williams, and Please Stay, all peaked in the top ten in the UK.
1: And again, we've done a really good episode on Robbie Williams. If anyone's interested in going back for our catalogue, I'll stop the plugs there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah. Do you remember the gold hot pants?
1: I do remember the gold. Of course, I remember the gold <laughs> hot pants. Um, vaguely Yeah, vaguely, Beth, vaguely. I think so. Yeah. And
0: I've actually seen them for real, and they the material was so that thin- you're point you're, you're you're frowning I now. I, I I, I, I'm
1: not frowning. I'm looking quizzically.
0: Talk, I talk more about um, her showgirl tour, but at the same time, is after her health problems, which we'll talk about, the V&A did an exhibition of all her costumes. Oh, right. And my friend and I went up there. You'd forgotten that. Yeah, and these gold hot pants. They are tiny. I'd never fit into them. But the material just looks so mm. flimsy. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. but it's, it's amazing to, to know that, seeing that. And other fans will know the white outfit that she used in Can't Get You Out of My Head. Oh, I
1: remember that as well.
0: There was something of a disco revival taking place in the turn of the millennium. The album's sound was heavily influenced by the disco era, featuring catchy hooks, booby beats, and lyrics that celebrated dancing and fun. Kylie was returning to a commercial success and topped the album charts. At the same time, Kylie was in a relationship with model James Gooden. Kylie performed at the closing ceremonies of both the 2000 Summer Olympics and the Paralympics, which were both hosted in Sydney.
1: I remember that.
0: Yeah. In October 2001, Kylie released her eighth album, Fever, and it's widely regarded as a dance pop masterpiece that helped solidify her status as an international pop icon. Fever was a massive commercial success. It topped the UK charts and reached high positions in numerous other countries. The album's lead single, Can't Get You Out of My Head, Can't Get You Out of My Head. No. Oh. Uh, no. Okay, cut that
1: bit. Okay. <laughs> you know I'm deliberately not going to cut <laughs> no, that
0: yeah, out. Yeah, no, yeah. no, No, no. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs>
1: Why are you hitting me? Why are you physically attacking me?
0: The album's lead single "Can't Get You Out of My Head" became a global sensation and one of Kylie's signature songs. Its mesmerising sync pop and unforgettable hook made it an instant classic. Other hits on the album include In Your Eyes, Love at First Sight and Come Into My World. Love at First Sight is one of my favourites from that yeah, one I, And can't get you out of my head, the famous white outfit she used. It was a red like visor type thing that she had on her head and then the white outfit that was at the V and A as well.
1: Yeah, I remember that outfit.
0: She's tiny. She's even shorter than me. Really? Yeah. So what you know I'm five two. Yeah. Kylie's five foot. Five foot? Five foot, yeah. Two inches oh. taller and two inches <laughs> shorter than me.
1: That's incredible, although she possibly wears bigger heels.
0: Yeah, on stage. Yeah, she does. So she's,
1: she's a new shoulder.
0: No, she's yeah. still she's five foot. She's five foot. Pound for pound? I was just about to say she was born five foot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be a ton So in
0: 2003, Carly received her first Grammy nomination for Best Dance Recording for Love at First Sight, one of my favourites. And although she didn't win, she did begin a relationship with French actor Olivier Martinez after meeting him at the awards. Released in November 2003, Body Language was Kylie's ninth album. It represented a departure from the high-energy dance pop of her previous album, showcasing a more subdued and sensual side of the pop icon. The album featured several notable tracks, including Slow, which served as the lead single. Slow became an instant hit and is known for its sultry electronic sound. Other standout tracks included "Red Blooded Woman" and "Chocolate." It did reach number six on the album charts, but didn't meet the commercial benchmarks for her previous albums. However, a year after not winning the Grammy, she walked away with one for "Coming to My World." Ultimate Kylie was a compilation album by Kylie Minogue released in November 2004. It was intended to celebrate Kylie's successful career up to that point and featured a selection of her greatest hits, spanning from her early pop days to her more recent dance pop sound. The album was accompanied by a compilation DVD with music videos, making it a comprehensive collection for fans and a great introduction to her music for newcomers. In May two thousand and five, at the age of just thirty six, Kylie Minogue was diagnosed with breast cancer. She received this life changing news while she was in the middle of her showgirl, The Greatest Hit Tour, which led to the immediate postponement of the tour and her focus shifting to her health.
1: I do remember this, it was a very sad time. <laughs> very
0: sad. Shock. The you know, world well, her fans shocked she
1: And I think the word cancer comes with such connotations, you, you, you think the worst. So I remember at the time, there was I remember you being very impacted by it.
0: Following her diagnosis, Kylie underwent surgery to remove the cancerous tissue. She also underwent chemotherapy and radiation therapy, which was common treatments for breast cancer. Her treatment process was kept relatively private, with Kylie and her family expressing gratitude for the support they received from fans and the public. Kylie's breast cancer diagnosis had a profound impact on her career. The postponement of her tour and her treatment led to a period of hiatus for her music and acting work. She put her career on hold to prioritise her health and recovery. Which... You have to. You have to. You have to.
1: At at that point, nothing else matters, does it? No, Success, money, none of it means anything if you haven't got your health.
0: And being famous is no different. Absolutely
1: not. It's irrelevant, isn't it? Yeah.
0: So Kylie's diagnosis and subsequent treatment brought significant attention to breast cancer awareness.
1: I definitely remember this. I remember there was much more focus around breast cancer at that point because Kylie had experienced it.
0: And her age. Because it it wasn't
1: something you really thought of as someone in their mid-30s. No, she was
0: 36 and it's her age. That time you thought of breast cancer in much older people, 50 plus. That's where they do the breast screening, you see, Mm. 50 plus. So that's where you think of it. So a 36-year-old
1: getting it, just... G- just genuine question, because you're very good at getting yourself checked for things in yeah. the doctor, going through all those things, whereas I'm not good at it. I, I, and so I, uh, I, men I, in
0: general aren't good at it. Yeah,
1: I can't remember the last time I went to the doctor. But were you as conscious of breast cancer prior to Kylie having her
0: experience?
1: Only because of
0: family. Uh, okay, of course. Because my gran had it survived it twice, but she had it. Mum never had it, but I. Might, it must have been growing up as a child. When I got older, knowing obviously my gran had had, had it and mm. survived it twice, I got into the habit of, you know, the checks that mm. you're supposed to do. So I think I was, but that's only because of personal experience.
1: Right, okay. I definitely remember at the time there was a real lift of
0: awareness. Mm. Mm. So, because for younger people that hadn't experienced it personally within the family... They would see Kylie, you know, this big icon, getting it. They'd be like, oh my gosh, if it can happen to her, it could happen to me.
1: It's a terrible situation for her to have to go through, but someone like Kylie being able to give her that profile, that in itself is a positive thing
0: to come out of that. Well, Kylie's diagnosis and subsequent treatment brought significant attention to breast cancer awareness. She became an advocate for breast cancer awareness and early detection. Her openness about her experience encouraged many women to undergo regular screenings and take proactive steps to managing their health. After successful treatment and recovery, Kylie made a triumphant return to the stage and the entertainment industry. Her comeback tour, Showgirl, The Homecoming Tour, was a celebration of her recovery and resilience. It marked an emotional and powerful moment in her career adjustments were made to her dance routines. More time is allocated for costume changes and there were longer breaks between sections of the show to conserve her strength. But she was amazing.
1: She is amazing.
0: And But I can say personally she was amazing because do you remember? And they, I feel really bad because I wouldn't have been able to go if it hadn't been for Canceling. Do you remember when she did the home this homecoming tour? You bought me and my friend tickets to go and see her at Wembley. Well, that's
1: just the oh. kind of guy I am. Oh, <laughs> hey, yeah, that's me.
0: <laughs> but I just, but I wouldn't. We, we didn't get the tickets the first time around, right? it was mm. only because she was redoing it, mm. and I suppose they went on general sale again.
1: And I suppose it became a much more emotional type show yeah. at that time because yeah. she'd been through so much in that period between the versions of the tour. Yes. So it was fantastic that she did get out, and, and everybody got to share that celebration with her that she'd made that recovery, recovery and yeah. showed that skill and strength yeah. to really as you said, become an advocate for breast cancer and it leading to so many more women getting checked.
0: Getting checked and also coming out the other way. You know, Mm. like you said at the beginning, when you think of cancer, you automatically think of the worst. Absolutely. And lots of people survive all sorts of cancers now. So it's a case of, you know, she's someone that's come out the other end. You know, she dealt with what she had to do with. She's become the advocate, making more people aware. And she's getting back into her career again. Oh,
1: honestly, absolutely you know? fantastic that she, that she did come back and, and continue her career in the way that she did. Well, in so many ways, she's an absolute icon, in not Yeah,
0: she is. And it was an amazing show, and I feel very privileged to have been able to go and see her. I can understand that. It was an amazing show. So just to, you know, jump ahead for a second, I just wanted to point out that Kylie continues to be an advocate for breast cancer and and its research. She's used her platform to raise funds for cancer-related charities and, and has been involved in various campaigns and initiatives aimed at supporting those affected by the disease. So good on her.
1: As I say, an absolute icon.
0: A documentary followed the tour when she resumed it and it was called White Diamond, a personal portrait of Kylie Minogue. So that would
1: have been around the time you went Mm, to see it? Yeah. I wonder if they saw you looking at our hot pants, kind of imagining getting into
0: them. (laughs) No, (laughs) hopefully not. In November 2007, Kylie released X, which was her 10th album. The album is known for its vibrant dance pop sound featuring a mix of catchy up-tempo tracks and emotionally charged ballads. The album included several successful singles such as Two Hearts, In My Arms and All I See. Two Hearts in particular became a standout track and a chart success, showcasing Kylie's ability to deliver infectious pop hooks. X featured collaborations with various producers and songwriters, including Calvin Harris, Kathy Dennis. She also worked with Guy Chambers, who had co-wrote songs throughout a great deal of Robbie Williams' career. After appearing on her own show, The Kylie Show, Kylie guest starred in the Christmas special of Doctor Who and pushed the show to over 13 million viewers. It's high since 1979. That same year, her relationship with Olivia Martinez ended, but the following year she started a relationship with Spanish model Andres Belencoso. Carly Minogue was given an OBE in the 2008 New Year's Honours list in recognition for her exceptional career in the music and entertainment industry. The OBE is one of the highest honours that can be awarded to individuals in the UK. Kylie Minogue expressed her gratitude and excitement upon receiving the OBE, and she described it as an incredible honour and a dream come true. She was visibly moved during the ceremony at Buckingham Palace, where she received the medal from Prince Charles. Aphrodite was Kylie's 11th album, and was released in July 2010. Aphrodite takes its name from the Greek goddess of love, Aphrodite, and the album's themes revolve around love, desire, and sensuality. The album features a collection of dance pop anthems that showcase Kylie's signature style. Tracks like All the Lovers, Get Out My Way and Aphrodite are filled with catchy books and uplifting melodies that make listeners want to dance. Aphrodite was a commercial success reaching the top of the UK album charts and charting well in other countries. The album's lead single, All the Lovers, received critical acclaim and became a hit, further establishing Kylie as a dance pop icon. In 2013, Kylie split with boyfriend Andres Velocoso. She did take a role as a coach for the third series of BBC One's talent competition, The Voice UK, while she went on to repeat on the Australian version of the show. Album 12 came next. Kylie collaborated with a range of producers and songwriters, including Pharrell Williams, Sia, yeah. and Greg Kurstin, among others, to release Kiss Me Once. In 2015, she entered into a trademark dispute with reality TV star Kylie Jenner, you'll you'll laugh at this, as Jenner attempted to trademark the brand Kylie. The cheek, Kylie, the only Kylie, had been trading under the name since the 1990s, but it still took a couple of years to get through the case, which of course Kylie won. That's
1: unbelievable. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: you can't just suddenly do that. (laughs) See, you you can't just suddenly go and see something someone else has been doing for years and say, right, I'm going to trademark that. No, I
0: know. Or can you? We should be allowed
1: to. The real Kylie won the case. So, yeah, there has to be some sort of fair usage here. That's ridiculous. Right, from now on, I'm trademarking the name David Beckham. (laughs) No one can use that name now without paying (laughs) me royalties. I know,
0: that was funny. I thought you'd laugh. Album 13 was the Christmas album, Quietly Christmas, while Album 14 was released in 2018 titled Golden. She also began dating Paul Solomons, the creative director of British GQ. A year later, she released another compilation album set back in time, a definitive collection, which reached number one. She also made her first appearance at Glastonbury 14 years after her breast cancer diagnosis forced her to cancel her 2005 oh, headlining. Song. That's
1: fantastic that yeah, yeah. she got to go back. I'm
0: surprised it took 14 years.
1: But maybe there were other but, commitments. Yeah. Someone like Kylie, she's got commitments all around the globe. Mm. She's performing in America, she's performing in yeah. Australia, she's performing yeah. in, in, in the UK. Yeah. Her diary's not going to revolve around when there's a festival, no. or I guess. It has to fit in. And I'm yeah. glad that they found yeah. an opportunity for it to fit in.
0: Lovely, isn't it? She released another album, Disco, in 2020. Having lived in London since the 90s, a desire to be closer to her family saw Kylie move back to Melbourne. It was beautifully timed as just a few months later she returned to her role in Neighbours as... Charlene. Yeah, well, remembered for a brief appearance for the show's series finale. Oh,
1: yes, because you watched this and I remember you thinking... I think you enjoyed the final episode, but you were surprised at how brief Kylie's appearance was. Yeah
0: do you remember this? the other sad thing was that building up to the finale I watched a few two weeks in yes and do you remember <laughs> yes and do you remember the other two characters that then I became really interested in that I knew were also making a return
1: There was Guy Pearce Guy
0: Pearce who's
1: in it if anyone hasn't seen the film Memento with Guy Pearce, it is one of the best films you could watch. It's so, so good. I didn't realise he was actually in such an amazing film. It, it's brilliant. He's a
0: really good actor, really good actor. It's a brilliant <laughs> film. So I remember telling you, oh, Mike's coming back into Neighbours as well. And then I got into them too. So I was watching it for two weeks before the finale, which was great because then the finale meant something. But I think the hilarious thing is... Are you
1: using great in the true sense of the word?
0: Because, again, it's reminiscing. What are we doing on our podcast? Reminiscing. It gave me a chance to reminisce. And so Scott and Charlene turning up back in Ramsey Street was just amazing. But the funny thing is, and even I saw something the other day, and Jason Donovan had commented that it was a bit surprising for him too, the fact that it's not really finished now because it's coming
1: back. It is coming back. It is coming back. They've moved like a couple of years on.
0: Yes, they have. So I'll have to tune in. I'm going to be watching Neighbours again because I've got to Um, see what happened to Jane and Mike.
1: You're not going to be able to because you you binge-watched for two weeks to try and reacclimatise yourself. I don't think you're going to be able to keep that up.
0: That's probably not.
1: And it might not be. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see We'll see. what level the new Neighbours is.
0: <laughs> oh, I, know, I know, that's the point. There's so many, but yeah, it's nostalgia. I just love nostalgia.
1: I think that's the thing. You watched it because of the nostalgic element, mm-hmm. but a normal run of episodes, oh, yeah, I don't yeah, think it's, brilliant, uh, brilliant, yeah.
0: So she was back in Neighbours, which was brilliant. And obviously they got Jason Jonathan involved as well. She's recently released another album. I think that's her 17th album. 17, 17. albums. How amazing is that? So the biography of Kylie Minogue offers a captivating journey through the life and career of a true pop icon. From her humble beginnings on the Australian soap opera neighbours to her global superstardom as a pop sensation, Kylie's story is one of resilience, versatility and unwavering dedication to her craft. Throughout her decades-long career, Kylie Minogue has continuously reinvented herself, demonstrating an incredible ability to adapt to changing musical landscapes. She's explored various musical genres from dance pop to orchestral arrangements, always staying true to her unique voice and artistic vision. Her influence on the world of pop music is undeniable, and her status as a beloved figure transcends generations. Beyond her musical accomplishments, Kylie's philanthropic work and advocacy for breast cancer awareness has shown her commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Her OBE recognition further exemplifies her contributions to both British and international culture. In pop music history, Kylie Minogue's legacy is firmly established. Her enduring popularity, infectious melodies and captivating performances have left an incredible mark on the industry. As she continues to evolve and delight audience worldwide, Kylie remains an inspiration to inspiring artists and a beloved icon to fans who eagerly anticipate her next artistic endeavour. Farley is and always will be a shining star in the constellation of pop music. Thanks for listening, Jimbo.
1: That was an incredible run-through of, of a career that, as you said, lasted for decades and continues to this day. I think you have to respect her massively for everything that she's achieved. To keep evolving and re-evolving throughout all of those years And if you think of all of the artists that have come and gone In the time that she's been operating mm. At the very top of the sphere within which she worked And then you factor in the fact that she's had health challenges That she had in, An incredible story of someone who started in a room sewing Yeah,
0: sewing
1: and reading And reading and playing violin And yet she's only five foot tall
0: Oh. With
1: a lot of heels. Yeah, with a lot of heels, yeah.
0: Bless her. Something we didn't touch on was the fact that, you know, obviously she's had boyfriends but she's never settled down and I know Danny's gone on and had at least one child. She's got some, hasn't she, Danny? I wonder if she has any regrets on that side. I hope she doesn't because she's achieved so much.
1: People look for different things out of life and if the things she was looking for... Out of life was to do with her career, and she's absolutely achieved that in buckets. There's very, very few people in the world that could claim to have achieved anything close to what she's achieved in that time frame. But I don't know. I, I. she she's obviously been in relationships pretty much constantly throughout her life. And they're not short relationships either. It's not like she's with someone for a month and then someone right. else for two months. She spent years with most of these people and I guess at some point it just didn't work out and they had to move on. Yeah. I could be wrong and you may be correcting me on this, but wasn't Michael Hutchins one of the, the people she really considered yeah. to be like the lover for life. And maybe she's never quite been able to replicate that feeling that she had with him. Maybe. But a fantastic story. Absolutely amazing to hear the full story of the Australian pop princess. Uh, Again, apologies for not knowing who Jason Donovan's character in Neighbours was. Shocking. But you didn't know who sang the song, so I think that makes us (laughs) quits. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five star rating if you'd enjoyed the podcast. And please do tell one friend about our podcast if you've enjoyed it. That would really, really help us out. So thank you so much for listening to us this week. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at beth at talktothehands.co.uk or jimmy at talktothehands.co.uk. You can also check us out on our website, www.talktothehands.co.uk, or reach us on Twitter at TalktoTheHandsPod.
0: With the two being the number two.
1: Beth, thank you very much for providing us with that episode, and hopefully the next time we get two uh, nominations forward for stories, I get first pick.
0: <laughs> we'll see, we'll see.
1: Thanks for everyone for joining us. See you on the next episode. Until then,
0: talk, talk to, to the, the hands. hands.